All right, y'all. It's your boy Camo back with another episode of the Eccentric Podcast, and have a special guest on here today. Got my blood sister, Miss Camille Castle, on here, the other half of the Castle Clan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get Camille on here, you know, just to raise awareness about, you know, she into the environment and stuff, uh, raise awareness about some pressing issues on not just our world, but like also just, well, not just our community stuff, but also the world and the bigger scheme of things. So uh, I want to give Camille a chance to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Camille. Okay. So as Cameron clearly just said, my name is Camille. Um, I just graduated from LSU. Um, we actually just won the national championship. So go Tigers. Um, so basically in high school, um, I went to a high school where you kind of had to just pick a pathway coming into school. There was like nursing, culinary, whatever. Um, but on the science side, there was energy services, um, or engineering or something like that. I don't really remember. Um, but I decided to go with the energy services engineering side. Um, and that was pretty cool. It kind of opened up my focus to like what I might want to do going into college and stuff like that. So, um, I decided to go to LSU and, um, I had a great experience all in all. It was treacherous at moments, but it was cool. So my first year I started as a petroleum engineer major, Soon after I realized that shit ain't it. So um, I moved on. And I, um, after that was had to have been my sophomore year, the end of my sophomore year, um, I decided to switch to environmental science and research. So that's ultimately what I got my degree in. Um, and it was cool. I, I learned a lot. I really did. In LSU, um, I had a great experience. All right, cool. So going off that, so what, what do you think is one of the, in your in your opinion, what do you think is one of the biggest environmental issues, not only on a worldwide level, but just even on a domestic level? So give me one domestic and then one like global level. Okay, okay so um, domestically, I've recently like had this weird kick. Um, it's not really weird, but I've had a new kick where I'm kind of definitely focused on um, environmental racism and environmental justice. So um, all in all, environmental racism is kind of just when big companies like BP, Shell, Rubbermaid, um, Exxon Mobil, you know, people like that come in and put like their big old factories in, you know, super poor communities or impoverished communities that don't have, that don't really give the people that live there the opportunity to move because they can't afford to leave. Sorry. Um, so, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I recently just kind of been really diving into that I feel like it's really messed up that people are kind of forced to you know develop all these health problems which is clearly the issue here um when all these you know big companies and big factories come and you know start creating and doing all the stuff that they're doing they're putting off a lot of fumes and toxins into the soil and fumes into the air and stuff which ultimately affects people's health um so you know I think there's well from what I've read and you know just stuff that I did in school um I really realized that there's a need for one awareness a lot of people don't know um you know how they're really affected I've read a lot of studies where women you know have been living in these places for years years at a time wanted to get pregnant or got married and wanted to get pregnant or whatever um and they couldn't like they were deemed infertile um and it was really you know solely based off of their environment you know these toxins and stuff had taken such a toll on them that they hadn't even known um you know that they weren't able to get pregnant they were doing all the necessary stuff changing their diet you know doing all these things doing everything that they needed to do except for basically move um you know, and, and being kind of cursed with that, there's been, you know, cases where kids have developed asthma at super young ages where older people 
you know, grew up in these communities or whatever and lived there for years, really decades, um, and developed cancers and, you know, developed tumors or um, had like limbs that had to get cut off because, you know, these toxins kind of took over their body and their body wasn't able to fight it properly and all of this stuff. And it's crazy because like a lot of people, because, you know, like black people's health in terms of just mm-hmm. just in general, like a lot of that stuff is can actually be attributed to these environmental factors that exactly. people wouldn't even know about. Um, so that's definitely my current domestic focus. I think that's super important to kind of bring awareness to. Yeah, so going off that, so I know you're doing like research at, at Emory and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so can you tell, talk to the people a little bit about like what you do there and like how that goes in hand in hand with environmental racism? And- yeah, yeah. So um, for those that don't know, I am an environmental scientist. Um, so my current job title is a clinical trial scientist at Emory University. Um, so there right now I'm working on a sleep study. Um, kind of sounds boring, like initially telling people, but, uh, all in all, I'm basically, you know, doing a study on how people's environment and the toxins that they're exposed to and the, you know, pollutants in the air affect their ability to sleep. Um, a lot of people don't really realize that, you know, just literally your everyday stuff, just breathing how you breathe and living in the same place that you might've been living for, you know, years, the same place that your mom might've lived, your mom and dad might've lived, you know, your siblings grew up in, um, you know, the environment really might be terrible for you like you really don't really realize so um that's what I do at Emory right now um so it's just kind of crazy that it just kind of happened like that because the study at Emory is geared towards uh, minorities which is well the main minority that is geared towards right now is African Americans um you know I've been into a lot of these you know people's homes so some people come into my lab at Emory and some people go like we go into some people's homes um but a lot of these people are like deep in Atlanta or you know on the outskirts yeah literally in the trenches or like straight on the outskirts of Atlanta um and you know they're kind of forced to live there because they don't have the means to you know be able to move so like you know the air that I breathe on a more middle class level or like a more middle class community um, and sometimes in, I'm in a more upper class community, um, it's completely different from the type of air that I breathe when I go into some of these people's homes. Like it kind of gets to the point sometimes where I wish that I had a mask or I try to breathe differently or, you know, not exhaust so much breath. Um, just because I'm kind of scared of whatever it is that I'm so taking they, in. They the yeah. They breathe it on a daily. So they don't really recognize like, okay, like, you know, something is really wrong. So part of the study is, um, you know, I go into their homes, I plug up like certain devices and stuff that pick up on the toxins and the pollutants in their air and stuff like that. And when I go back and I analyze it, some of the levels of this stuff is like through the roof. And it's like, you know, maybe on a 10 times scale as opposed to like the normal level, like it's 10 times worse than what a normal situation or a healthy environment looks like. Um, so it's super cool. I think it all kind of goes hand to hand with my current mission. Um, but that's definitely the domestic issue. Well, the domestic issue that I feel like is, you know, of most importance right now, because it's something that's been going on for a really, really long time. Um, but I guess internationally, um, there's been like, I mean, what caught my attention and what I felt kind of the most connected to as of recently was the Amazon rainforest wildfires. Um, there's also the Australian bushfires right now, but the, it, it kind of really hit me like this is something that I need to be working towards, you know, changing and saving the world. Cause it's funny. Cause people always ask me like, Oh, well, what do you do? Um, you know, for a living and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, I'm saving the world. But in all actuality, I really am trying to save the world. Um, I can't do it by myself, but 
hell I could try so um yeah the Amazon so it kind of put things into perspective for me when I heard that you know the Amazon rainforest was on fire if you think about it a rainforest is wet so if the rainforest is so dried out that it catches on fire that should kind of Amazon rainforest which is one of the biggest ecosystems in the entire world period <laughs> um so I mean they there was what um, over like a million different types of species between plants, animals, even people that were burned and killed, and um, you know that kind of just lost their or were completely displaced because of the wildfires, the Australian bushfires. I think over a million or or maybe a billion animals um, have been completely wiped yeah, out. Like Fourteen million acres. Yeah, like like. and it's just kind of crazy because like. You know, there's a lot of measures that people can take. I'm very big on the more preventative side. I think that it's important to kind of, you know, come up with precautionary methods um, so that these things don't even happen. Because it's kind of it's easy to donate money and say, OK, well, we want to help restore. But once all these animals and, you know, plants and people have been killed off, you can't just, you know, drop a new set of animals in Australia and say, all right, everything is cool now. No, they're gone. Um, so, you know, the the money and all of that stuff is cool. That's one thing. But after you know stuff is restored you still have you know a million species that have been displaced or a million species that no longer exist and a lot of these animals and stuff are already endangered or already extinct so when you're already you know once they're wiped out there's not really any like coming back from that so yeah and it's like also the amazon is one of the like a, like we just said the amazon is one of the biggest ecosystems in the entire world and then mm -hmm. on top of all that australia is home to like a bunch of like rare wildlife yeah you can't see nowhere else but right the fact that it's like now you got now you gotta worry about the fires taking yep you know, it's, it's gonna have a, a big effect on on just the the world yeah, really the world in general so so going off that so what do you think are some of the things like people can like everyday people can do to like try and help our world besides like raise awareness like what are some things like should people like try and get more into solar energy more yeah that's what i was gonna energy? say um so Aside from like awareness and stuff, I'm really big on the knowledge aspect of it. I think a lot of people want to help, but they just don't know how or what to do. Um, so I think it's important for people to one, kind of just make yourself aware. Two, um, I'm also big on the fact that, you know, I'm one of a few, you know, black women that are into environmental science and stuff like that. Like we could all kind of do something, but it's not going to do as much as if, a lot of people did just a little bit. So if you just do, you know, small stuff, if you turn off your water when you're brushing your teeth, if you, you know, don't take longer than a certain, you know, maybe a really 10 minute shower, um, you know, just little stuff, turn off your lights. If you have the means, put solar panels on your house to generate, you know, that type of energy and electricity that you need. Um, there's a lot of little things that people can do that, you know, would really, really, really go a long way. If you can, you know, grow food in your backyard, do that as opposed to, you know, having a, you know, go into the farmer's market and stuff like that. Like that stuff is cool because, you know, it's like organic or, you know, it's locally grown or whatever. But you have to th I think I know that for me, I guess it's because, you know, I spent so long in school. Like I, I kind of just know, you know, like coming like produce and stuff that's coming in is sprayed with a bunch of pesticides. That's bad for the environment. It's just like little stuff. If you can turn, you know, take something like Febreze, which is, you know, a regular household product that people have all around. If you can switch to like a more natural and more organic one that doesn't include as many chemicals and stuff like that. Um, you know, stuff like that, little stuff goes a really, really long way. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about the, oh, turn off your water, turn off this, turn off that. Um, but those are really things that most people don't do. I mean, I have a bunch of friends or I sleep by my friends or, you know, whoever. 
and you know they brush their teeth and i'll like yell across the room like turn off the water please like i mean that's, <laughs> yes please just save the world i'm not by any means a tree hugger i'm not the person that's going to be you know outside of the congress building telling them oh well don't pass this law because but i do think it's important for people to do their part um if a lot of people did a little bit it would really 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 change things so i'm big on the preventative measures um you know like I guess doing or coming up with things that you can do before the bigger problem, like the wildfires and stuff even happen. Um, so, yeah. So also going off of that, um, mm-hmm. do you think, do you think it's more on like everybody else, like us normal people like to try and like put in preventative measures or do you think that needs to be like the world leaders making like policies to also try and protect the world? And if you do believe they should put in policies, what are some of the policies you think they should enact? Um, so I think that, you know, everyday regular people, they kind of want to do something, but they, or even like the wealthy people that have a lot of money and stuff like that, like they know that they want to, you know, donate or build this or, you know, create a, like an electric car and they want to do their part and stuff like that. But there's a lot of laws and policy that it's, it's, it's above them. Um, I think a lot of the policymakers, um, I know, oh, maybe last year or sometime, I don't want to get my dates wrong, but there was some point in Donald Trump's presidency that he was shutting out branches of the EPA. Um, if you don't know what the EPA is, that's the Environmental Protection Agency. Um, and obviously they're there to protect the environment. So if you're laying off all these people and they can't do their jobs, the environment is no longer being thoroughly protected. Um, so I don't know. I think it's important for a lot of the you know policymakers and congressmen and president and all these people, they, they have a lot of money, so they don't feel like you know, a lot of that stuff affects them. If you have money, a lot of stuff doesn't affect you. But if you're a human and you, you know, you feel for human and you just have human nature, you're going to kind of say, okay, well, yeah, this doesn't affect me, but it's affecting all a lot of black people or even, I mean, there's, there's plenty of poor white people. Yeah. Minority communities. I mean, and there's some majority communities, there's plenty of poor white people out there. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, if policymakers kind of just, gave it a little more attention or just things like the environment a little bit more attention because it might not affect them directly right now but you know yeah if you if you have kids and you and they have grandkids and then you know they have grandkids eventually you know if this keeps going the rate that it's going people might not necessarily be able to do those things or you know you might be able to have kids but they might not necessarily live the most productive life because of the type of environment that they're really in like that's just kind of what it is yeah and so, so what would you say to the people who say climate change isn't real? Because, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of us believe in it, but what would you say to the people who are skeptics of it or blame it on something else? I really think that's so funny because if you think back to maybe, um, I'm 23 now, if you think back and you, when I was maybe 13, there, it probably snowed that Christmas. It is currently January and it's currently like 75 degrees outside. I know in New Orleans right now it's like... 80 82 degrees and And i'm confused because it's january you know there's there's seasons there's scientists and meteorologists and people that have studied seasons for centuries so when you say okay spring is going to be you know nice it's going to rain sometimes fall is going to be you know cool leaves are going to be falling off winter is going to be cold it could snow whatever and then summer you know it's going to be hot and then you look at now and it's like there's zero reason that there should be heat 
at all right now. I shouldn't walk out. Like, I think this past Christmas I walked outside. I was probably sweating. Like, there's no, if, if you don't believe in that, even if you don't necessarily believe that it's climate change, you have to believe that something is changing and that something is happening because this is not normal. Like, these are things that, you know, the seasons are something that had been proven. They're things that people had studied for generations and centuries and centuries so they were pretty set in stone so now that these things are changing and people are kind of like okay well hmm, it is december it's not supposed to be you know this hot outside or you could wear shorts in december and be perfectly fine that should that should raise a red flag and i should tell you okay i don't know if it's climate change but something's happening something is definitely changing i mean and just even also like a lot of the a lot of like natural disasters and stuff we see like they're mm-hmm. becoming like even way more intense yeah than like, than like ever before like i think um even something with the australian wildfires i saw like due to all the fires and then like a tornado came so yeah like, yeah like, and if you think about it a lot of this stuff yeah a lot of this stuff on. is more a lot more frequent. I remember seeing things like, you know, oh, a tsunami in Japan every once in a while or, you know, or, you know, Thailand or, you know, somewhere in Asia, so a tsunami might come, but that was probably like once every 10 years. Yeah. Now stuff like that is like a normal thing. Like I see the news. I don't really, I try not to watch the news because I think it's super negative and um, especially when it comes to the environment, there's a lot of, you know, fluff about what's being put out there. But, um, you know, a lot of these things, I mean, even when there's like things like flooding, there's things like, you know, hurricanes and stuff like that. These things are now happening every summer or every, you know, every year on the year. Like it's, it's almost guaranteed that there's going to be some type of natural disaster. Something is definitely happening. Um, and I think for anybody that doesn't necessarily believe in it, all you have to do is step outside and you, you can feel a change completely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So going off of like your Emory stuff, like going back to that, mm-hmm. so how do you think that just the things that you've done at Emory have, well, Emory and LSU, what do you think, how do you think that's prepared you for what you want to do in your career, like down the line? Okay. So, um, long-term goals. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I do personally have like a few things in the works, um, that y'all should be on the lookout for cause it's about to get popping. Um, but just, I'm not really sure. Honestly. Um, I know that there's a lot of things that I want to do, you know, to save the world. I know I can't do them all by myself. Um, but Emory has really, you know, kind of shaped my want to kind of learn more and do more for the African-American community. I mean, obviously I'm black, so I was always, you know, interested in doing for my people. But when you see that it's affecting people because they have no choice, it kind of hits different. Um, so if I could, you know, kind of dive into environmental justice and environmental racism a little bit more, I would love to do that. Um there was a long time that I wanted to kind of go around to like poor, which obviously goes back. Clearly I have a thing with like poor and impoverished communities. Um, but there was a long time that I wanted to go into like poor and impoverished communities and, you know, put out things like solar panels and stuff, because I know that, you know, a lot of these poor countries or third world countries can't really afford to pay, you know, big power companies and big electricity companies, you know, to kind of you know, light up their, their cities and their countries and stuff. So I would love to like go into a situation where, and and really it's one of, it kind of goes back to that whole thing about like people just not having the means to leave or even then people's government not allowing them to leave. Um, I feel like I can always go in somewhere and say, okay, well, you know, I'm here to create change and blah, blah, blah. So I would like to, you know, put out solar panels and kind of give people a natural alternative to, literally like you know create energy in their life and you know give them some type of hope that there is some type of change that can be made even if they can't afford to pay 
you know, to have all these wires and all this stuff hooked up into their house. A solar panel, it is expensive, but that's something that can literally generate electricity and power for your entire country if you have enough of them. Um, so, yeah, I think long term, I just kind of want to give people more knowledge, you know, do my part and then, you know, put out what I'm putting out just to kind of create, keep creating like a platform for people to kind of learn and speak Um you know, speak and, and really inform each other. Like, you know, everybody doesn't know everything. So if you can pick up something from the next person, um, I'd really love to do that. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people want to help. They just don't know where or how to start. So, um, you know, all in all, if I can do something, you know, as little as, you know, just passing along information, um, that works for me. If I can do something as big as, you know, going on a TED Talk and pass along information, that's also cool. Um, or if I can do something even bigger and, you know, create spaces where people feel like they, even if they don't necessarily have the financial opportunity to do something different, they have, somebody gives them the opportunity to have the same luxuries as somebody yeah, that does have the money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, going on, so, you know, you went to LSU and stuff and... Your your major you was a science major you know that's that's always a tough road for a lot of people. Oh but, yeah, oh yeah. Talk about like how, well, just the things that that you went through to get through college and like the kind of rewards that you got when you finally got your degree, especially in in something as difficult as environmental science or research. Oh God. Okay. So um, if you don't know, LSU is a PWI, which is a predominantly white institution. I. I'm a black girl. So, um, you know, the odds were kind of already against me. Obviously, I made the conscious decision to decide to go there. Um, but my role definitely wasn't easy. It probably looked good. It probably, you know, sounded good when I talked to people about it. But it was hard. It really, really was. Um, there was a lot of times that I came home from school um, and, like, I would tell my mom and dad, like, look, we could fight. It's whatever y'all want to do. I'm not going back to school. That wasn't an option. I didn't fight my parents. So, um, I didn't really have that choice. Yeah, that, that was not an option. I tried y'all. I tried so many times. There were a few times camera was here. Cause it was always funny. We were never really here at the same time. Um, there were a few times that camera was here and he'd be like, bro, like you got to finish. And I'm like, I ain't going back. And if you want to fight, it's up there. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, I swear to God. Um, so I, I really, I think it's important to push through. I am definitely one of those people that feels like, you know, college isn't for everybody. There was a long time that I felt like college wasn't for me, but you know, on the bigger spectrum, it was just like, Camilla, right. You're, you're already here. You made it to school. If you can make it to college, you can finish college. Um, if you haven't already made it, I'm sorry. I don't have no tips. Um, but, but I also don't feel like you should shut yourself out. Even if you're older and you know, you're thinking about going to school or whatever, go for it. I feel like your twenties and you know, 18, 19, whatever, that's the best time to kind of just be confused. I'll kind of always say that like people like, Oh yeah, you know, you always look like you have it all together. And I'm like, girl, my life is a mess and I am winging this shit. Like that's, that's really the God honest truth. But, um, I think it's important for people to finish. If you, if you started it, you can finish it. It's hard as hell. There were a lot of classes, um, that, you know, I got an F in. There were a lot of classes that I got a D in. A D was cool for me. I'm like, Oh, that that's a bet. But for my degree, they're like, yeah, sorry, you need to see her better. So I had to retake them anyway. Um, I mean, I know for science majors or, you know, STEM period, that shit is hard, y'all. Like, I'm, I'm never going to be the person that's like, oh, well, that's easy. And it was always, like, hard for me because I didn't really have a lot of friends that were STEM majors and stuff. So a lot of people didn't necessarily understand. And that's not even me, you know, saying, like, oh, you know, STEM is so much better because college is hard for anybody. Like, I have 
you know, mass comm friends and, you know, friends that were into journalism or, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah everybody is going through something and I respect them 100% because they made it out. Like, um, I, that's what I was saying. I feel like if you don't, if you decide that you don't want to go to school or you do want to drop out and you have the type of parents that you can go to and say, I'm not going back and they won't fight you, then, you know, um, yeah, they're not going for it. But, um, you know, if you have that option, I think it's important for you to have a plan. I think if you've already made it really after your first year, if you've already made it past your first year, you might as well keep going. If it's a financial thing, you know, kind of explore your options. I'm realistic. I'm not I'm not one of those people that's going to say, oh, just apply to scholarships and shit because nine times out of ten people are not giving out no damn scholarships like that. Um, but, you know, just kind of keep pushing. If you – that's really – and it sounds so cliche, but I it's something that I really live by. Um, you know, be the change that you wish to see in the world. If you have those credentials and you, you know – it's one thing to say, okay, well, I want to change the world. I want to save the environment. Yeah, you can do that, obviously, without, you know, a degree at all, but – a lot of people are probably going to give you more of a chance or respect you a lot more if you have the the credentials to back it up. And uh, for me, I'm like, ain't nobody more qualified than me for nothing because I had to take a lot of classes a few different times. So I know it better than anybody. Um, but, you know, I really I really feel like it's essential to kind of keep pushing. Like, it sounds cliche. It sounds like, all right, Camille, like everybody always says that. But nobody knows you better than you. You're going to have your friends in college. I definitely encourage the turn up, go get lit, like do what you got to do, but know when it's time to not play like you gotta have a balance I think time management is essential I think personal time is essential there could be personal time that you're just sitting in your room looking at the ceiling but I think it's important to really keep your mental in check I know for me um it kind of just became a mental struggle like me trying to literally fight a battle with myself of like okay Camille you know that you don't want to be here and then you know okay I don't want to disappoint my parents or whatever so it becomes a mental thing where in a in a in college will really take it out of you mentally so I think you just I think it's important to have a balance have a have a social life have a personal life have a mental check life have a you know just a a, a true balance in in an academic life obviously um i think those are all essential things and that reward once you get that paper and like i had a lot of teachers and professors and stuff that you know shunned me out i had classes with 300 or 400 people so it's kind of like if your professor doesn't know you it's over with for you um yeah, and i had yeah yeah i had a lot of advisors i think it's it's it, it it is essential like after a while um you know once you get into your major cuz a lot of those prereqs and stuff they're going to be bigger classes but once you're into your major everybody in my building at LSU knew exactly who I was it might have been because i failed their class and i they saw me again that semester or whatever but they knew me um so yeah i think i think it's really important to kind of just keep pushing like that reward and that's what i was saying a lot of my academic advisors and stuff like that were like oh come on you know this gpa is not gonna you're not you know a lot of people blah 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 and i'm just like that's wild because as soon as i finished school it was a completely a completely different ball game i had a lot of um i had kind of just like when i got home i was kind of just like doing bs applications and stuff and um you know, before I was working at Emory, I alone, I was working at Trees Atlanta doing environmental protection. So I had two full-time jobs coming straight out of school. Like, nobody asked me no questions. Nobody cared about my GPA, none of that. It was just like, all right, you got the credentials. Let's go for it. Let's roll with it. So don't let anybody tell you, you know, oh, well, your GPA is not going to. Nobody cares about the GPA. They don't put the GPA. Let me not say nobody cares because, you know, if you want to do stuff like med school and all of that, get your shit together, do what you got to do. But, you know, if, you, if you're if you a people person and you network well and all of this, somebody's going to give you that opportunity. That's all I needed. I, I used to always come home and tell yeah, my mom. Just I just, exactly, literally just let somebody get me in a room and I got the, 
the the job that's just what it is and that's exactly how it was I ended up getting a job at Emory and a job at Trees Atlanta within like a day of each other um so yeah, I think I think that's really important. Um, nobody you, nobody puts your GPA on your degree. My GPA just I mean my degree just says Camille Casser, um, LH, Louisiana State University, Bachelor of Science, uh, degree in Environmental Science and Research, and all the other fluff that they put on there. But it don't matter because that's that's yeah, the most mine. <laughs> that's mine. That's the most rewarding feeling. All the money, all the time. I don't know what it's like to hit the lottery, but I'm still on a high from that. Like it feels amazing because it's something that I know I worked for. Nobody handed it to me. It took me a little longer because I literally worked my ass off to get it. Um, so that's mine. I think it's important. Just keep pushing. If you decide you don't want to go to school, that's cool, but don't shun it out. Um, I don't think school is required for you to be successful, but it's it it, it makes it a lot e- yeah it makes it a lot easier for people to know that you know what you're talking about. Because one thing they they can never take your degree away from you. And that's on period. So. <laughs> and okay, so with my last question, I just want to close it out on. So if you think, because you know we're people don't take care of the environment as they should. So mm-hmm. so what do you think the say the next thirty 40 years would look like if we were to keep going at the pace we're at or and like what are some things that we can do to make sure that we don't go on to another level yeah plenty of movies made like oh we're gonna have to leave earth yeah (laughs) yeah um part of me part of me honestly believes that a lot of that stuff is true um I obviously, yeah, hundred percent. Like even if it's not a situation, even if the environment and the air and stuff that you breathe isn't what kills you or kills off the human race, um, it'll be stuff like you know the soil being so terrible or like so eroded. Yeah, so unable to be like planting stuff that you know you won't be able to grow food anymore, like grow crops and uh, produce and stuff like that. Then you know somebody say, okay, well we can just eat meat. Yeah, you could, but if your animals are dead too, (laughs) then then you're gonna eat air um, or dirt. And I mean, granted, like air and dirt have nutrients and all of that stuff, but it's not it's not for the human body. Um, So you know, if if the environment alone is not what kills you, or you know, because people there's been a lot like in a lot of the videos and movies and all this stuff it's just like okay you're driving to work one day and boom the earth blows up and then you're in space somewhere i don't think that's gonna happen um but i do think if you keep going the rate that it is going and you know people not being aware or being aware and then not doing anything um you're gonna have real problems or you know it's gonna become a thing of maybe like even rationing like back in the old days where there's only a certain amount of food coming from somewhere else and you know if you got a family one only one of y'all gonna be able to eat or you know whatever so um I think it's super uh, important. I, and I keep going back to the knowledge thing because I think that's where it all kind of starts. If people kind of know what to do and where to go, um, you know, you could take that and kind of run with it. And then you pass it on to somebody else and then take it from there. You know, if you feel like you really, 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 really want to make a change, go to school and become a scientist. Go to school and become an engineer. Go to school and become, you know, do mitigation, which is like disaster relief and stuff like that. Um I think it's important. I think there's been a lot of more, a lot more natural disasters and stuff happening a lot more frequently. So it's kind of hard to constantly have to like shake back every time, you know, the earth gets hit with something else. Um, But like I said earlier in the podcast, like you can't deny that something is happening. So it's, It's yeah, like I said, or better tomorrow, you know. For, exactly. For exactly. Like I said, be the change you wish to see in the world. That's a quote by Mahatma Gandhi. I live by it. It was on my high school graduation cap. It's it's now on my college graduation cap. Um, because I think that's essential. If you, you know, if a lot of people do a little bit, it'll really, really take it a lot further. A lot of people doing a little bit makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
All right. Um, so, yeah, just closing out on the podcast. I um, want to thank Camille for coming on, you know, educating us on about the environment. And by the way, y'all, um, I do have stuff coming out soon. So be on the lookout for it. I'll make sure Cameron puts it on his next podcast or something. Um, gotcha. But, yeah. And, yep, so thank you, Camille, for coming on to educate us. This is the other half of the Casher Clan. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, that's it for today. Uh, more content coming soon. Uh, stay tuned. Peace.